Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Danny Mac Show, and this is the Tuesday edition on 101 ESPN. BK alongside, we got Tanner Hendrickson, and the day has come. It is now official. It is Nolan Arenado Day, and he'll be introduced. You can listen to that press conference via Zoom coming up in 57 minutes live on 101 ESPN. But my man, it is official. We have Nolan Arenado coming to St. Louis, so it, it could go down. And you would think on paper right now it's one of the great deals um, in the history of the St. Louis Cardinals. And that's not overstating it. That's just a fact. I mean, you're getting one of the great players in his era, in his prime, at the age of 29, who's uh, right now on a trajectory to the Hall of Fame. The Cardinals last year hit the fewest home runs. We're among the worst five teams in slugging percentage. Arenado has averaged 40 home runs, 124 runs batted in between 2015 and 2019. He leads all third basemen with 120 defensive runs saved since 2013. That time, Cardinals third basemen are minus two in defensive runs saved. So I don't care any way you want to look at it. Defense, offense, a team that needed offense, they got it all. And they got a guy that this city will eat up and love because he plays hard, he plays the way you want to see the game played, and you get a superstar. They wanted a superstar, you got him. Dan, this might be a nerdy media point, and I'm perfectly happy to go ahead and give that type of a point here on on a Tuesday morning. In the official release from the Cardinals, John Mozeliak was quoted. The exclamation point is the best. Incredible. So at the beginning, he says, many have heard me say that one of the great things about baseball is that you always have the chance to get better. Today, we got better exclamation point. That is, I... He Dan, doesn't you've do read that. a lot of these. Oh, he doesn't I do that. I have seen them, yeah. whether it be here in St. Louis. It, it got my attention. In Kansas City, elsewhere, wherever. I legitimately do not believe I have ever seen an exclamation point in an official press release from a team announcing an acquisition, frankly, or otherwise. That shows you where the team is right now. If you're a Cardinals fan and you're like, am I getting overly excited about this? The answer is no, because the team is every bit as excited as you are right now. Well, you just added what could be an MVP candidate right now to your lineup. And they know when we get back to normalcy, And this is what I I was thinking about this last night, PK. I wish, oh, I wish we had a normal opening day here in St. Louis because if we had a normal opening day in St. Louis, this place would go bananas. I mean, they would go berserk on opening. I got goosebumps thinking about it right now. You would have the opening day this year for 2021, if it was normal, first of all, would be a celebration of the baseball season, which it always is. The Clydesdales, the Hall of Famers. Um, there's a few things I'm thinking about right now. Jason Isringhausen for the first time coming out in his red jacket, which he's talked about. That would be so meaningful to him, and I'm very close to Jason Isringhausen. So he's talked about how that means a lot to him. Then you have the Hall of Famers. This year, it would be minus Lou Brock and Bob Gibson. So you'd have a very special 
pointed moment for those two individuals that have meant so much for this franchise, and it would be done beautifully. You know, the Cardinals would do it right. Uh, and then you would have the introduction of the players. And batting fourth, number 28, Nolan Arenado. And the place would go berserk. And then he'd come up for the first time, and there'd be a standing ovation to the point that it would be so disruptive, probably, that he would have to step out of the box and tip his helmet. That's what St. Louis does, whether you like it or not. And that's fine. Some people think it's over the top. I get it. Sometimes it is. But that's what you would have gotten on opening day. And then he might hit a rope somewhere or make a diving play. And that first diving play that he makes, and it might be, you know what, it, it might even be a diving play to his left. And you'd say, oh, that's a that's a pretty good third baseman play. You know, other guys might make that. But if it was him and we got hit, that's our guy. The place stands up. There's 45,000. That's our guy standing over. The place would go nuts. So at some point, we will have that. But today it is really, if you're a Cardinal fan, it's a celebration of getting one of the preeminent players in the sport and a guy that this fan base will absolutely love. A couple other things on that opening day. Don't forget, probably, potentially, maybe, the last time with Yachty and Wayno going out there on opening day, a celebration of them sending them off the right way. Dylan Carlson. It'd be the first time he's actually played here in front of fans in the stands. That'd be a hell of a lot of fun yes. to see as well. So there would be a lot to celebrate. Hopefully we get some capacity, even if it's not the typical 40,000. Hopefully we are able to have some capacity for that opening day. Dan, I also would add this to that. And all of what you just said is exactly why this is the case. We can go ahead and stop having the conversations now. I hope about St. Louis still being a baseball destination Period. for players. Is it a destination for a guy like Giancarlo Stanton? No. Did Francisco Lindor maybe want to go somewhere else? Sure. There's a specific type of player, though, that still views this as a destination. Matt Holiday was that way. Scott Rowland was that way. You look back to Big Mac. Bet you he would have told you he wishes he got here earlier in his career than he did. Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt was that way. And now I believe Nolan Arenado is going to be that way. He's already waived his no trade clause to the for point that, a reason. That they added another year to his deal. Paul Goldschmidt, it took two weeks and he said, I like it here. I like the guys. I like the front office. I like what's going on here. I don't even need to go to St. Louis and play in a home jersey. I've already been there plenty of times. Sign me up. What do you got? So there's a specific type of player that still might not want to come here because it's not a top five market. It's not on a coast. That's perfectly fine. There's a hell of a lot of guys, though, really damn good players that what they care about is specifically baseball that would love nothing more than to play in front of 40,000 fans every night. Fast lane yesterday, Matt Holiday on Arenado. As an opposing player, it didn't take me to sell Nolan Arenado on what a great place it is to play in St. Louis. So everybody knows as an opposing player, when you come in there, that it's a great place. They're competitive. They want to win. The fans are great. It's an easy place to sell. He's thrilled to play in front of those fans and, and, you know, a lot of the guys on the team that he's played against, he has a high level of respect for, and he's excited about kind of where the team's going and, and competing. And I think it's a great fit on both sides. One of the things you have to consider, too, if you're Nolan, you're saying, okay, I love the atmosphere. Historic franchise. I get to go to one of the historic franchises in the sport. Now let's look at it from a practical point of view of, do I have a chance to win? Start looking at the roster of what you're walking into and the division you're walking into. Number one, you are the clear-cut favorite now to win the NL Central. I don't think there's any 
doubting that Some now. Some of the projections that I'm seeing oh, out there, I saw Dan. You, yeah, the, the, they were 80 plus wins. Two. No, they're, they're two they're, to one right now on on some of the sports books to win the division. It's wild. What people are not taking a look at hard enough, in my opinion, those that are making these projections, is what's coming back after a truncated season. And you better have arms. And I'm not saying that the Cardinals are going to go out and everybody's going to be Cy Young. I'm not saying that. And there may be some injuries along the way, and there may be some rough spots along the way. But what they do have is a plethora of arms so if somebody goes down someone is there to bridge the gap and give you innings you have to have innings to get through 162 and so when you look at and by the way they have more arms coming and i'm not talking about libertor and i'm not talking about thompson there's low level guys that they have that they're really high on that they think are going to be here again here we go again they got another wave of these guys coming so what I'm saying is, if you're Nolan Arenado and you're saying, God, sell me on this franchise, well, we could sell you on we're going to win this year, probably win the next year. We think we can win for a good five-year period that you're going to be here. And we have, right now, a roster full of guys that we have locked up that we think are the core, and we have more money coming off the books, and we're going to build around you. We're going to make sure that we are competitive. We, it's By the way, we have a resume here, Nolan, that says we will stay competitive, and they have been. Whether you like what they've done and how they've spent their money on free agency, and we can debate Dexter Fowler, we can debate the Carpenter extension. They spend the money. You can debate how they spend the money, but they spend the money. They're always in the top third of payroll. So they are going to spend the money to stay competitive, and he wasn't going to have that in Denver. Now, you and I were talking off the air about this. Did he force the hand of the Rockies to come to St. Louis? It, it is a, and I, I hope he has asked that question today, and I don't know if he'll address it, but he had a no trade with the Rockies, and the Rockies basically had said, we are not trading you within the division. We know you're a Southern California kid. We know that you love the Dodgers. You're not going to L.A., so figure out somewhere else. And he said, okay, St. Louis. you got to wonder if the Rockies said to rest of baseball, hey, Nolan Arenado's out there, put your best, foot forward would put your best offer on the table and he said don't worry about it i'm only it's either st louis or bust so you can have a disgruntled me or go figure it out in st louis i wonder if that was the case and he has a powerful agent who represents a lot of other players across the sport so i would imagine his agent has been in contact with the other teams and said hey listen i get that you want my client nolan arenado a lot of teams would love to have my client nolan arenado he's only going to one spot One spot that is actually a realistic possibility because, like you said, the Rockies were never going to trade him to L.A. to play for the Dodgers. That would explain why the return was so light because there is nothing else about this deal that helps me explain why they got none of the Cardinals' top 10 prospects. None of them. That doesn't make any sense for one of the best players in the sport. If you think that the city is fired up, well, the players on the team are fired up as well. Here's Miles Michaelis. It's going to light a fire under some guys on our team for sure. I mean, this if you're a guy like, like Wayne Ryder Yachty, you're, you're looking at that pickup and saying, wow, I think I'm going to win at least one more World Series before I'm done playing because that's the goal. I mean, you, you take a team that's, that's always a, a perennial playoff contender and you add a guy like that and it says, hey, we're trying to make it to the World Series, and we've got the team to do it, I think. By the way, I talked to Adam Wainwright last night, fired up, fired up. He's like, this is great. Can you tell me more about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about why he came back to St. Louis, and he said he had uh, about a two-week period where he thought it may not happen. Uh, very good offers from other teams. Financially, made a lot of sense maybe to go some other places, paraphrasing here, but mm-hmm. – 
St. Louis is in his heart, and when things started kind of matriculating in this way, he said, eh, St. Louis is where I need to be. So, out of curiosity, if you don't mind me asking a little bit of a follow-up, how much do you think Nolan Arnato or the presence of Nolan Arnato played into that decision? I don't think it did. No. I, I think he was probably coming here, and I'm sure that he knew of some of the things that were going, well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Let me just say a little bit. Um, I, I think that... Because that it, tells you that, that you're going to be on a winner, right? Well, sure. I, I think that St. Louis was always in his heart. And if it could work out in St. Louis, whether Nolan was here or not, he was coming back to St. Louis. That's my gut. He didn't tell me that. Sure. But put it this way, it didn't hurt. That's the icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of those deals. If you're... He was thinking with his heart, and he's like, St. Louis is where I need to be. And then his head told him, yeah, St. Louis is where I need to be, right? And the money made some sense, and why not do it? So that's why he came back to St. Louis. By the way, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line from the 314. You guys haven't mentioned yet how Arenado is also going to defer money. What's that all about? So there were a lot of conflicting reports last night, Dan. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but John Morosi had one. I saw another one coming from MLB Network. Derek Gould, who I trust implicitly on anything he trusts, on anything he reports reported this morning in the St. Louis post dispatch that the Rockies did include a cash commitment of around $50 million, almost 51 that will be paid over the life of the contracts, including $15 million this season. So 15 million of the $35 million salary for Arenado this year will be paid for by the Rockies. In essence, the Cardinals are getting Nolan Arenado this season for $20 million that they're paying. The rest of that $50 million, so about $35 million in total from the Rockies, will be paid out over the life of the contract if he does not opt out of that deal. If he does, it'll be paid directly to Arenado. So that's kind of how it works if you're wondering what was going on with that $50 million. 636, where's Yachty? Yachty is playing right now in the Caribbean Series. And hit a by homer the, last night. Hit a homer and played, uh, was catching. And I was grim. I watched some of the game because I'm, you know, I because you love baseball, Dan. You okay, love it. You I, I, just, love this I would sport. watch a little league game down at Forest Absolutely. Park right now. Um, and I grimaced every time that he's catching. I'm, no, Yachty, just get out of there. Don't get hurt. Don't <laughs> you see him throw the guy out at yeah, second. He, it's he amazing. A, he had a caught stealing and a home run. But here's my guess: one way or another, whether it's St. Louis or not, that once the Caribbean series is done, immediately that he makes that call and. My gut, as we've talked about many, many times, is that he comes back to St. Louis. When you look at comparables with this deal, Scott Rowland is one, and Nolan Arenado uh, talked about one of his idols watching third baseman was Scott Rowland. When the Cardinals acquired Scott Rowland, Rowland was 27, and Nolan is 29, so not too far off. Uh, Arenado's war per season in his first eight years with the Rockies is the second highest of any player the Cardinals have acquired in the past two decades, by the way. It's 4.89, almost five. That's incredible. Yep. That's incredible. So when you start looking at just, if you're a baseball fan and you're not into war and you say, that guy's really good, yes, he's really good, and then you want to look at it from an analytical standpoint, this backs it up. That's the kind of player the Cardinals have just acquired. Um, it does come at a price. It's not the price, as you mentioned, that we thought it might be, so it's uh, Eluris Montero, who's a third baseman. Uh, Tony Losi, who is a right-handed pitcher. Mateo Gill. Um, now, I'm fine with all these guys going the other way. I do think Gill's going to be a pretty good player, by the way. Uh, he's a shortstop. 
Uh, Jake Somers is another one. As you mentioned, the Rockies include 50 to $51 million, and that'll pay 15 of the 35 this year. But it is uh, also included in there that he agreed to a one-year extension. So when you think about the opt-outs and he agrees to an extension, he ain't going anywhere. And there was also some confusion on those opt-outs. The opt-outs are for the 2022 and 23 season. Right. They're after this upcoming year and the year after. So it is, it's the same opt-out he had earlier, and then he added one more after next year. But like v- you said, he ain't using those. We're going to visit with the Hall of Fame writer, uh, Peter Gammons, coming up around 10.30 or so. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Fame baseball writer Peter Gammons coming up in about eight minutes. In about uh, 38 minutes or so, we will carry the press conference, the Zoom press conference from Nolan Arenado at 11 right here on 101 ESPN. I'm, I'm curious, what do you want to hear? You as a as a media guy, as a uh, um, interested, educated bystander in this, what do you want to hear from Nolan Arenado? Nolan Arenado could have ended up wherever he wanted to. He could have. Uh, Other than L.A., probably like outside of the NL West, he could have determined where he went. Why St. Louis? Yeah. Why why is this where you want it to be? And I think I'll know kind of what his answer is going to be to that question. But I would be curious to hear it from him. Why here? Why why was this the market that you chose? I want to hear the excitement. I want to hear a pro athlete that's made that kind of money and will continue to make ridiculous money sound like a kid again that's excited to play baseball. I know that sounds crazy, but it, why? it's fun when I see pro athletes act like kids again as to why they love the sport. And by all accounts, when you watch this guy play, he loves to play the game. Oh, yeah. And um, and I don't get the sense when I watch all the time when I watch pro sports. I'm sure you feel the same way. Sometimes guys are out there cashing checks, and that's okay. They're just gifted guys. It's a... Uh, it's a gift Some guys from, actually don't enjoy the sports that's that what they're I mean. playing. Like they don't. They, maybe they like playing it, but they don't like watching it. They're not a fan of the sport, and I think that's something that kind of gets lost in translation sometimes. Nolan Arnado is not that. That dude loves baseball. From I kind of want to hear tell. that. The boy, boyish. Image, I don't know if immature is the right word, but the, the fun of it. You know what I mean? Like, why do you the love charm. it? The charm of playing the game. Why yeah. do you love it? You know. I think think that'd be interesting. One of the things that's really stood out to me, Dan, and I heard this as we were listening this morning to Carriker and his mom, and they had uh, his high school baseball coach on. And I've also talked, we're going to have one of his minor league coaches on with uh, me and Ferrario, I think tomorrow as well. Everything that I've heard from anybody that has come in contact with Nolan Arenado at any point in his career, Holiday said this as well, just raves about the person. Like, they'll get to the baseball stuff. I've heard that too. It's the person that they're more interested in talking about than it is the player. And that is not always the case. You know this as well as anybody. Sometimes you'll see these great players like, yeah, fantastic baseball player. I don't want to talk about anything else. Let's talk about the player. It's not that way with Arenado, and I think that's what makes this such a great fit here in St. Louis. What makes this fun, too, when you live in a baseball town like St. Louis is that once the season ended in San Diego, about two days later, we were talking about the Cardinal lineup for 2021. And one of those guys that's in that Cardinal lineup is Paul DeYoung. And what does Arenado do for this Cardinal lineup? It's so important to have that kind of formula as an offense, I think, or working off each other. I think when we're all working together, we're pretty unstoppable. We know we have good 
defense and good pitching and we, we play the game right. It's just getting those big hits, I think. And uh, having a guy like Arenado now in the middle of our lineup is going to completely change the way pitchers look at us and it's going to free up the rest of our lineup. So what we are missing is that another veteran type you know, run producer in the middle of the order, and that's exactly what Arenado is. And I think that's just going to make everybody in our lineup better. Absolutely. It's length in your lineup. I've got DeYoung batting fifth currently, and the way I would do it, you got to – I think there's going to be a mixtures, uh, mixture of guys at the top potentially, but I do like Dylan Carlson batting second in front of Goldie because I want Goldie to come up in the first inning now. If If you didn't have him, I was thinking about him batting fourth this year. Uh, not anymore. I want Goldie batting third, Arenado batting fourth, DeYoung batting fifth, and then kind of see where the chips fall after that. Spring training, mix and match a little bit. There doesn't have to be a set lineup after that because things do change over the course of a long season. Guys get hot. Maybe there's matchups, things of that nature. Uh, injuries happen. But if you have that core of two, three, four, and five, Boy, it just changes your sing your lineup every single night. And when you, I've been doing these games a long time. And when you had the MV three and you could pencil those guys in every night, you had a really good shot to win. Even when you were giving up five runs, who do six you think, runs. Who do you think benefits the most from Arenado's presence? I really do think it's Carlson. I, I think it just takes a lot of pressure off of him. He's he's going into. Now his rookie season, and it is, if fans are wondering, he is technically a rookie again. He did not qualify for passing up rookie status last year. I just think it takes pressure off him. Um, You bat him second, he's going to see more pitches to hit. As I talked about yesterday, I'd like to see him be more aggressive early in counts, and he may get more pitches to hit early in counts because of this. Um, And you don't have to bat him fourth. I I thought there was a lot of pressure on him at the end of the season, and it was out of necessity. He was the guy that was hitting. He was the guy that might provide you some damage, so you had to put him forth because that's where you were. Tyler O'Neill wasn't hitting. Lane Thomas wasn't even part of the postseason. You were left with Dylan Carlson and some other guys. This changes your lineup, so move him up in front, take the pressure off, and put protection behind him. And I think that's probably where he profiles the best, too, as a two-hole hitter for his career. With you speed, know? too. Yeah, he's he's got it all. He's that... I've comped him to Tommy Pham, whether you want to look back even further, like a Ray Lankford type. Like that's, that's kind of the type of player that I see in Carlson, not direct one-to-one, but that style. And that makes a lot of sense in the two-hole for you. We have from the uh, 636, and I, I would put this at number two, uh, DeYoung benefits the most defensively and offensively. And there's a point to be made with that as well. Uh, DeYoung also middle of the order bat. I'm not sure he projects to be a cleanup guy, but I like him as a five or a six, you know, in that area. And when you have the range that Arenado's got to his left, he's going to get to some balls that Paul DeYoung does not get to in the hole. And when I watch Paul DeYoung play, I love him to his left, going behind the mound, uh, up the middle. I think he's really good. He's. I don't think he as good, and not many shortstops are. It's not a default of, of him. It's just very tough play deep in the hole. So all of a sudden... You kind of crunch that little gap there, and he's going to, you know, a step or two that all of a sudden you take out of that because of the range of Arenado. That's a really good point that DeYoung could benefit both offensively and defensively. Not to name the entire lineup, but can I give you one other guy? Yeah, this is what we do. Harrison Bader. Why Bader? I think Bader now, the pressure is off of him to be more than he is offensively. Yeah, bat him eighth, do whatever he's got to do. And now you have a winning club that people believe in, 
And so when he's making those tremendous plays out in center field and he's still batting 250 and he's striking out more than you want, but he's batting eighth and you've got these guys at the top of the lineup that can come through whenever they get up there. I think suddenly the pressure offensively comes off of him a little bit to be more than what he should be asked to be offensively. What about all, maybe all of them, maybe not as much with O'Neill because you're expecting power and damage from him. But to your point, if, if Bader is playing gold glove defense and I know Tyler O'Neill want to go, I got it. Okay. Stop. Don't text me. I get it. But we look at Bader as we, we say he, he plays because he's in a preeminent defensive position to play center field and play at a high level. And that's why he's in the lineup. And if he's not contributing and he's hitting 210, eh, that's tough to live with. But if you're hitting 230, 240, occasional bomb and playing great defense, yeah, you live with that all day. Especially when you're getting the production from the middle of your order suddenly. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by our friend Peter Gammons. He's a contributor to The Athletic. He's an MLB analyst with MLB Network. Always appreciate his time here on the show. Peter, thanks so much for hopping on with us today on what is a huge day here in St. Louis. How you doing? Good. It should be a huge day. I mean, he's a great player. And, you know, I've never, in all these years, I've never been into I accurately quantify what it means to hit in, in Coors Field. I mean, I've had a lot of people talk about, well, the ball doesn't move as much, and you, you change certain mechanics uh, to hit there, and then you go out on the road, and it's different. But it is different. I, I think, um, uh, you know, just l- looking at baseball savant um, and the the piece that Mike Petriello did on Arenado, it really did answer a lot of questions about it. I mean, I've always thought that for an outfielder like Larry Walker, it was more difficult because running around, it's it's tough to recover there. But that doesn't really apply to a third baseman or first baseman like Helton. So I mean, but I mean, he's he's been a tremendous hitter wherever he goes. He is a great defender. I mean, I remember once Jeff Bagwell said that that, that seeing uh, Scott Rowland play third when he was up at bat was like trying to hit a ball by a, by a, a skyscraper. <laughs> um, and, and, and I don't know, it was kind of the same way. I remember when Walt Weiss, who was a great shortstop, um, said to me when he was still double A, he said, this guy catches the ball differently than anyone I've ever seen. He's a great player. And I, I just, it's, he's like the, the right guy at the right time for the Cardinals. So I think needs a little, uh, a, a little, a little injection of something new. And but you know if you have him and you have and uh, Carlson comes up and really plays well and and uh, the pitching is as good as as I think it could be. Um, hey, you know it's uh, the Cardinals will be back uh, prop, as almost certainly as a team to beat in the uh, National League Central. You know, to your point, Peter, uh, eight ninety OPS for his career on the road, eight twenty seven. So not too shabby. I, I I'm really curious what you thought though, with fifty to fifty one million dollars coming back to the Cardinals without a top ten prospect. I mean, it's just mind boggling to think that they pulled this off. What did you think? Well, I think we're in this whole world now of trades. I mean, um, you go through and look at the different deals. The the one where there really wasn't a lot of money involved was Blake Snell, um, because the, uh, the the Rays really got. I mean, there are some people who think that uh, 
uh, patina will be better than snow by the end of this year. But most of the other the big, huge deals, um, you know, Darvish um, was, you know, they, they, get a, they get a good um, quality major league pitch a starter in Davies. Um, Tyon, uh, there's one left, uh, one young uh, pitcher coming out of double A will probably pitch in the big leagues for the Pirates this year. Uh, Musgrove, maybe Bednar works out of the bullpen, but probably not. I mean, those and, and Lindor, the two shortstops will, will both play in the big leagues this year, but um, they're not great players. Um, by, you know, I mean, um, one of them is pretty good, but it's, and the money going back and forth, I mean, uh, the Cubs had to pay for some of Darvish, and uh, the Yankees had to pay for some of Adovino in that deal. Um, it's, it's amazing that the economics of the game right now, but. You know what it kind of reminds me of? And I said this one to come because a friend of mine who works uh, for the Padres said, you know, those three young Latin players who haven't even come to the States yet, they're the equivalent of, of future number one picks in, in, in a draft. And uh, now we all know that the, the international signing, they make a big deal about signing day, but... Actually, all those deals are agreed upon two years in advance when they're 14. Um, but uh, right now, it really is like like the NBA or NHL, you know, so, such and such at the trading deadline, the NHL. So we'll, we'll get a number one pick in uh, 2025. Great. It might have to wait a couple of years yeah. on that one. And uh, it's kind of that way now. Plus the, 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 the attempt to move money and uh, – but to get a guy of Arenado's star level, um, he's still young enough to have five or six really good years. is just amazing. Um, I actually, because you know, emotionally, I like to look at it and just thinking back to some. I mean, Cardinals tradition is phenomenal anyway. But you think about. I remember I was at ESPN the night and I found out from somebody with the A's about the McGuire deal. And when I got the three names, I, I remember saying on air, the Cardinals might have just gotten a, a guy, one of the great sluggers in sports, um, for three guys who will never play in the major leagues. I'm not sure if any of those three pitchers uh, actually did pitch in the big leagues uh, that they gave up. They gave up someone who never pitched in the big leagues for Eckersley. Um, Mike Timlin was a pretty good pitcher. That was about it that they gave up for Scott Rowland. It's, there's a history of the Cardinals getting people going all the way back to Lou Brock uh, for nothing. It's kind of, I always say that that's part of a club's, um, you know, great tradition. And so I say, Arenado is such a special player. He plays so hard and he wants to win so badly. Um, and only an elite psychologist could uh, explain what goes on in Colorado. So uh, I'll let that for future, they end up trading Trevor's story and, uh, and him in the same winter and get very little for him. Um, maybe they should think about moving the franchise to Las Vegas or someplace. We're talking to Peter Gammons here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Peter, I wanted to ask you about Nolan Arnato the person, because I think that's the thing that's impressed me the most. We've all seen what he can do on a baseball diamond. Tremendous defensively, a fantastic hitter, whether it be at Coors or away from Coors. What about the person that the Cardinals are getting? In your conversations, whether it be with people around Colorado or just around the league, what kind of a human being are the Cardinals acquiring in Nolan Arenado? 
I found him to be a very modest person. <clears throat> um, he doesn't he doesn't want to be a star, and um, you know it's he's just a baseball guy, and um, he's he's a great teammate. Um, I mean, the things that happened in Colorado, it wasn't with teammates; it was with the general manager, um, and which is a little odd. Uh, but uh, he, he's a tremendous guy, and you know, for for the type of player that, that, that the Cardinals love, I mean, I mean, I think of if somebody asked me that when McGuire went over, I said, Mark McGuire is larger than life. But he's a very modest person, a private person. Um, you know, he'll fit very well in St. Louis. He doesn't need to be in you know seventeen uh, national commercials. Uh, and I think it just sort of fits what the what the Cardinals have been, whether it's Stan Musial or or, uh, or um, Bob Gibson or whoever. I mean, it's uh, there's sort of a a tradition of personality there that that's. Uh, Really great. I mean, Ozzie Smith, one of the the greatest shortstops of all time, had great flair. But I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't a show off, look at me player. And uh, and that's that's what Arenado is. He and Goldschmidt will uh, be very very good together. I mean, they're uh, they're very much alike. Peter, I know you're very well connected to many in in the game for so many years. And last night we saw the Players Association uh, reject Major League Baseball in terms of pushing back uh, spring training. Can you shed some light on that? And do you think that uh, we get this thing started on time with a full 162? Yeah, I want to see how many players survive it. Um, But um, I guess we do. It's impossible. They can't negotiate with it. I mean, it's really just go with the Congress. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, Matt Case is running one side and, and uh, AOC is running the other side. There's no hope for uh, there's no hope for any agreement. I mean, I, I feel badly um, for certain players who uh, um, have been uh, outfielders, or whatever, and uh, um, now, you know, have to be DHs and, uh, um, you know, they're not going to get jobs. I mean, simple as that. Um, so it's uh, it's it's really unfair. In a lot of ways, I feel very badly for a lot of small well, because the, the, the clubs, because they're going to play the first at least two months without people in the stands. I, I think it's going to cause a lot of um, middle class and lower class players to be out of jobs. Peter Gammons joining us here on 101 ESPN. Peter, once those games are played, last question that I've got for you. Do you view the Cardinals as the clear favorite in the NL Central? Because as I look at some of the projections out there, I've been kind of surprised. They seem to have them pegged as an 80 to 82 win team. I think they're a little better than that. But how do you view this Cardinals club at this point? I think they will be. Uh, I think they'll be better than 80, 82. But I think the important thing is the Cubs have added nobody. The Reds have added nobody. The Pirates have added nobody. Um, Milwaukee will add in time, but still, I mean, they have the best player in the division in Arenado. Um, They have the best pitcher in the division in Flaherty. Um, They have pitching depth and, um, you know, a kid like Carlson or somebody comes along. I mean, that's, they could end up with an outstanding defensive infield and that's important. And I, I, I just think, 
Um, some things didn't work for them the way I thought they would last year, but I, I think that uh, it's they're much more likely to be. I look at them now as a <clears throat> ninety-win team, but if the division is as average as it looks, I mean, I could see it being a ninety-five-win team. I could see. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a huge Jack Flaherty guy. I see him winning. You know throwing 180 innings and winning uh, 20 games. So, I mean, you get that, and in a normal season, you're, 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 you're really, really good. If Andrew Miller's healthy again, the depth of that pitching staff, is, uh, to me, is really interesting. And they've got some great young left-handed arms coming. So, um, I, I think it's going to be a really good season. The little, have a little fun around St. Louis. Absolutely. Hey, Peter, thanks for your time. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. That's uh, Peter Gammons, the uh, Hall of Fame baseball writer. Uh, anything you take away from uh, Peter? I think I'm happy to hear that he's as high on the Cardinals as I am. Yeah. I feel like I'm out here taking crazy pills right now, Dan, because I see all of these pieces that have come up over the last couple of days for people that are really into the analytics. And I, I like looking at those things. And I'm like, this this is crazy. What are we doing here? How are the Cardinals an 80-win baseball club? Well, the thing I, I take, don't understand. Yeah, the thing I take away is I think he hit it on the head there at the end is that the division is done nothing nobody else has done anything and all of a sudden you've added a major piece to your lineup i still think there's some holes in this lineup by the way i still sure, you yeah. know other guys need to step up and we're talking about the back end of the lineup it's not complete uh but yet it's it's awfully better than what you were so that's what i took away i also think i mean you to your question that you asked him about the negotiations between the owners and the players this is all at this point setting up for what's going to be a stalemate at the end of the year so I just hope people enjoy this season because we'll see what comes after that and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But for the here and now, let's enjoy the fact that it seems like, fingers crossed, we're going to get 162. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Danny Mac Show with BK, and BK is coming up with Alex Ferrario. I'm sure tons of uh, hockey talk as uh, the Blues will host the Coyotes as they begin a four-game homestand tonight. Pre-game is at 6 here on 101 ESPN, and we are waiting. We're about uh, four or five minutes away from the Nolan Arenado press conference held via Zoom, obviously, to be as safe as possible. But looking forward to the press conference and can't wait to hear what he has to say. Yeah, we'll start with that coming up at 11. Former Cardinal. General Manager Walt Jockety is going to join us at 11.30. It's my first time ever talking with him, so I'm very excited. Um, Jim Leland managed Nolan Arnato in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. He's going to join us. BK. Pretty good. Really good good team. Yeah, he'll come up at 12.30. Former Blues assistant GM Bill Armstrong, now the Coyotes GM, is going to join us at 1.15. And Patrick Saunders, the Rockies beat writer, going to talk with Nolan Arnato later today. He's going to join us to give us the Colorado side of things at 1.30. 30. So a loaded show today. Lots of guests for you. Boy, guys. Imagine just waking up. I said it yesterday, but now it's now it's official. Now, you know, he, he is going to be wearing a Cardinal uniform. I'm assuming he'll wear number 28 and he is no longer yours. You're a fan of the Rockies. You love the Rocky. You, you, you love the purple and the black and the silver and you, you die with Rockies baseball and he's your guy and he's gone. Ouch. And it's it's not just how he's gone, but how it's happened. The trade on the flip side that I feel for those fans. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah. Tough. Hey, 
We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow at Absolutely. 10. Looking and forward to it, uh, make sure and keep it right here because the uh, press conference with Nolan Arenado is coming up on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com energyaudit energy audit.